On this episode of the QuickBlog Podcast, I'm fascinated to know whether my co-host Nash is going to praise England today or whether he's going to look at Pakistan as losing that test series. Welcome to the latest episode of the QuickBlog Podcast. Shabo here uh, from QuickBlog along with my co-host Nash, who's back from India. I hope you're well, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, it was a hectic trip back home, but um, now I'm back and getting back into the routine. But to answer your question, um, yes, I think even the second test was the was similar to the first one where Pakistan um, just did not look into it from the first innings itself. Um, they they did really well restricting England to only two eighty one with the way they were going. Um, you know, they were one for 116 in the mm. 117 in the first innings, England. And then um, Abrar Ahmed, the yeah. debutant, took a turn for um, lovely debut, um, you know, to get seven wickets. The mystery spinner who I think he took 43 wickets in the in the domestic um, competition. And um, yeah, as I was saying, they did, they did quite well to restrict England to only 281, but then also fumbled themselves scoring only 202 because you know Barber and um Saad Shaquille were going really well um and both scored 75 and 63 respectively so they're both going really well at like 2 for 140 and then it was just a massive collapse I reckon that's Pakistan where Pakistan lost Pakistan the well. that yeah, was the, it was a big big uh, part of the game where they lost because some of the some of the batting on that second morning was just atrocious it was so bad it was not even park level cricket at times. Yeah, and even if Pakistan could have got maybe a lead of fifty runs or even seventy five, um, that certainly would have tipped the scales into the into Pakistan's favor, and you know it would have been an interesting interesting test match. Hundred percent, and it definitely was interesting in the end. Uh, could have been interesting for Pakistan. That controversial decision. Um, yesterday, what did you make of it? Did you see it? The uh, the catch that was given out by Joel Wilson as a third umpire. I I did I did catch a glimpse of it and I did see the uh, screenshots or photos on online as well. And um, I still I'm still quite torn. I, I I think it's not out. Um, yeah. But yeah, it it's interesting in that moment. Um, when you you know when you've got some pressure on on yourself, but. Yeah, I, I, as I think I, I saw most of the comments saying it's not out, but um, yeah, it'll yeah. it'll always be interesting. No, when most of not, the comments not sure, where, not sure whether uh, not sure whether BCCI comes into play here, but um, <laughs> I can't see any anyone blaming the BCCI for B- having ICC in their pockets now. The BCCI equals ICC. Um, and uh, I didn't I didn't hear that from Pakistan supporters. Some Pakistan supporters. Uh, in that in that World Cup game where Shakib had a massive inside edge and they still gave him out LBW, so um, yeah, interesting. Some of the things you see on social media, but another oh, thrilling yes. test. I you know in England they won two Test matches in Pakistan in their history before this series. They've won two in two games uh, in this series, and I've always said you know this new approach. England's batting, I think, when it comes up against the best attacks in some helpful bowling conditions, that's going to be, that's going to be the big question mark about their batting approach when it comes to baseball. But the but the other side of the coin is uh, England's uh, intent with the ball, and what I love about Stokes' captaincy is uh, he doesn't let the game drift. 
so he's always looking for ways to 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 change the game or to to, to buy a wicket or to, to, to try something uh, rather than just letting the game drift. So whether it's you know bringing Mark Wood on, I thought Mark Wood was absolutely incredible. You know Harry Brook won Player of the Match, but um, Mark Wood was, was close given how he yeah. bowled on such a slow wicket. Pakistan's yeah. and- seamers didn't even take a wicket. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I I have got a special, you know, I've got a question for you and um, for mm. all of our listeners out there. Where does, in, in this new scheme of things, mm. with, you know, all the fastball is doing very well, you got James Anderson at the peak of his powers still, you got Ollie Robinson just coming into his own in the in test match cricket and um, you got Mark Wood as well. Where, and also Jack Leach, let's not forget Jack Leach providing that crucial spinning um option um but where does someone like Jofra Archer fit when he comes back um you know how how do how do England fit him into their plans here you might rotate him and Wood in the Ashes for example um you got sort of Anderson there's Broad as well uh Broad so there's a few options there so yeah, there might be a bit of uh, rotation stuff for England going forward. That's just that's uh, you know, assuming all of them are fit at the same time, and that's yeah. When you when you're looking at Jofra Archer and Mark Wood, it's um, it's a long shot that they're all going to be fit for the whole time. But it's a very very good question, and it might depend on the conditions as well. You know, yep, absolutely. If England if if England face a you know a sort of a dry surface. Uh, you could go for someone like a Mark Wood who can reverse swing the ball really well, as opposed to maybe Jofra Archer who can can seam it a bit more than than Mark mm-hmm. Wood. He's a different kind of bowler. So often, yeah, yeah. it would depend on the conditions, but they've got a, a a wide variety of options there, England. And I'm already looking forward to those Ashes next year. I think that's going to be an absolutely cracking series. Um, yeah, because from now. because tell you what, I think tell you what, with with the next Ashes being in England. Mm. Um, we might see four seamers um in into the playing eleven with um James Anderson, but That's they've got option. like six options. They've got like six seven options because mm. James Anderson, Stuart Broad, Mark Wood, Ollie Robinson, Jofra Archer, if he's fit. Um, and then there's even also Chris like Wokes. Chris Wokes, Chris Wokes, yeah. yeah. So because yeah. Chris, if, if they play anyone, if they leave out Chris Wokes and play uh four of the other five, then that just exposes their tail a bit because. Even though they can bat, um, it's it's you know Chris Wokes has that international hundred and you know he's he's certainly a pro- proven low, low order bat and so it it's going to be interesting um, you know when it's Ashes time next year. Be interesting to see what the pitches are in the Ashes. I know we're a long way out, but but England got a very attacking style of cricket. I I wonder if they will um, you know prepare a lot of some green seamers and things like that because Australia will enjoy that. Uh, yep. as from a bowling perspective it's, it's actually a really good thought I, um, I did not even think of that yeah. but it would be really interesting to see how what kind of pitch they prepare I want to see what they produce because uh, because England have the bowlers to uh, expose some of the Australian batsmen on those wickets you know you look at if David Warner's there he struggled in England but um, but don't don't so... get me wrong don't don't get me wrong even even if England prepare let's say flat pitches for for the ashes it's it's it can come back to bite them heavily sure, in the back because, you because get Steve, if you got Steve Smith batting on a on a good pitch and, he's going to and Manus so, um, as well so you got to be careful England I agree 
And even Uzi Kawaja with the form he's in, yeah. those three batters could really prove really handy. Uh, yep, yep. On those pitches. Yeah, so I think for England, uh, not going away from their home conditions too much because uh, they've got to win the series to get those Ashes back. Um, but yeah, oh, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it. It's gonna. It just already promises to be a belter. It's a massive year for Australia next year. Um, you know, speaking of Australia, um, routine win against the West Indies. I, I, I said like it's 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 sad to see the West Indies in that state. I'll look for no. At no point did I ever expect them to compete too much in Australia. I thought the first test going to the fifth day was an achievement in itself. But um, what do you make of the Aussies? Looking okay um, in in Australian conditions, and I'm looking forward to this South Africa series. What do you? Well, what are your they thoughts? haven't. They you know Aussies haven't come up against India yet, so that's why they're looking all right. It's only three months away now, so... Um, wow, that's come quick. Yeah, look, I think it's it's for a while it's going to be like that when teams come to play in Australia. It's um, only Indian it'll be South really Africa, interesting really. To see. Yeah. yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what South Africa bring up because um, they've got a really good bowling attack, really in form, um, Spot on. some great pace, great swing, great yep. seam all around, um, and also got some good batters, although I won't... I won't read their batters as good as um the ones that were touring let's say in 2008 for example uh when they won that's, that foot that's my big uh that's my big worry about south africa the batting yeah it's 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 a bit I, I would say it's a bit inexperienced but uh, there's some real talent there and some real skill um to overcome um any um, you know some sort of challenges, but with Pat Cummins, you know Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, Scott Boland, Michael Neeser just coming at you. Even now, um, someone like Lance Morris, who we know can can you know get it up there mm-hmm. at in one fifties, um, especially on on Aussie pitches that it's, he can prove to be real dangerous. When I think of South Africa, I think um, if you're going to win here, you're going to have to have someone who can play that Pujara role. Yeah. Um, so someone like Adina will go batting time or even Bavuma. He's going to be absolutely crucial in Australia because he's the kind of player short in stature. Uh, you can get under the ball, let the yep. ball go, let the ball, yep. let them make the bowlers bowl to you. I think that's got to be the biggest thing for South Africa. Don't chase deliveries unnecessarily. They've got to bat uh, in a disciplined fashion. Otherwise they're going to, they're going to throw their wickets away and they can't afford to do that. Um, so yeah. discipline is going to be absolutely crucial. I look at those two players in particular. You can let the others uh, bat around them. Absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see um, what what strategy South Africa come out with here because India have almost given a, you know, given a um, sort of a blueprint of yep. how to sort of win a test match against this, this bowling lineup. Um, you know, how to, how to, tire them how to almost you know get them out of the game because here you, you you had Pujara on one end and you had Pant on the other who was just like chalk and cheese and Pujara would just you know put his head down and just keep batting keep batting keep batting and then you got Pant um you know who can attack what do you what do you make of the Australian fast bowling um lineup who do you think obviously you got Hazelwood Cummins and Stark yep um uh, but then you got then you got Michael Neeser, Lance Morris, Scott Boland, and even mm. Cameron Green, um, you know, who's a 
yeah. batting all-rounders. So, where, uh, what do you think will Australia start with in the first Test match? So, Hazelwood's out uh, yep. with the injury. So, it will be Boland. I think I heard today Boland's going to be in there with Stark and uh, Cummins. Cummins will be back. So, I, I've got no complaints with that. Scotty Boland is just a cult hero. He's loved all over Australia now. So, he's just been bowling incredibly well. And, I hear a lot from uh, players. I, you know, one player was Glenn Maxwell. So he's he's awful to face in the nets because he nips it around and he you get hit by him and he's always at you. He's always asking questions of you. Look at those wickets he took against the West Indies a couple of days ago. Um, you know, he's got balls. He's nicking. He's nicking off. He's got the batsman nicking off one ball and then he's got one ball seaming in LBW. He's got another bloke caught at the gully. So it's very difficult to face him when he's hitting the perfect length and getting the ball to go either way. This is a guy that's been hardened by so much first-class cricket at the MCG. So you look at the flat MCG pitches over the years. Boland has been a very solid performer. I think he has close to 300 first-class wickets now um, at a very good average, maybe 26 thereabouts. This is you know, bowling on really, really docile pitches. So the fact that he's in the side, he deserves it, and it's good to see. Um, I, I It doesn't surprise me that – it's a bit, a bit stupid from Australia. It doesn't surprise me that we've got some injuries now because you've got fast bowlers playing all three formats. Yep. And uh, playing them all in that ODI series against England, that really meant – very little, which, which is actually context. interesting because um, it just makes so, no sense. Yeah, just a just a question for you because it's been very interesting seeing the, especially working in the Australian cricketing structure and seeing what goes on behind the scenes in terms of um, science, the data that's put, yeah, you know, behind yeah. these workloads and stuff. It's really interesting to see at the elite level. It's almost gone out the door and. You know, everyone plays all formats in when it comes to fast bowling because mm. at, at at a junior level, at a first class level, the workloads are managed so well. Um, when it comes to how many overs you bowl in a day, how many overs you bowl in a weekend, how many overs you bowl after the game, what your rehab looks like, all that stuff, and definitely, it's it, the rehab side of things is is there at the elite level as well. But when it comes to managing the workloads of um, which games they play, it's it's certainly uh, really interesting how the fastballers, um, sorry, the Australian management have managed the fastballers bowling loads or not managed in that, you know. And it's interesting because I was mentioning, I think last week that, you know, it's, it's nice to see a bit of a continuity plan as well to, you know, give yeah. experience to others coming in, sort of like Nathan Ellis, Riley Meredith, even a Lance Morris now. He could have had an opportunity, you know, uh, you know, playing for Australia in this season so far. So We, we haven't even seen Jai Richardson. Joe Richardson, I think, has been suffering from an injury. I think he's got a yeah. heel problem. Yeah. Um. So there no, are. But what I mean is, what I mean is, like, he certainly wants to look out for Correct. in the future as well. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So you got you got bowlers there that can come in, and uh, you know, there's some some good talent there, and there's some good talent coming through with the bat as well for Australia, particularly in the red ball cricket. So, um, you know, I'm excited about what's to come, but we need to see a bit more of them, especially when you consider how much cricket we play. From an Australia perspective, any opportunity we can get to give these guys a bit of a chance, particularly the fast bowlers, let's take it. You know, that England series that happened before these tests, I think would have been the perfect chance to try some some new guys in there, give them yeah. give them a taste and and all that sort of stuff and give the fast bowlers a bit of a rest and and whatnot. So didn't happen. 
but we get to see Scott Boland. We get to see Scott Boland now uh, in this series. And as I mentioned, if uh, you know we can get South Africa batting well, I think they're a very good chance because we can, we haven't beaten them here for fifteen years plus. So I think South Africa have won the last three series in Australia. Go back two thousand eight, two thousand and nine, I think two thousand and twelve, and two thousand and sixteen. So. But on each occasion, I think they had some some pretty good batting. Now, what's the question going to be around their batting? Because their bowling's so good. Yeah. Um, a question for you: When it comes to South Africa, Steve Smith has had a bit of a dry run. Yeah. Um, he hasn't had the best of mm. Test matches against South Africa. One opponent, you know, funnily enough, his his averages even though his average is forty one against South Africa, that's still low for horrible, someone horrible like Steve Smith. Standards. Um, I think he scored. He scored one Test match century back in 2014, and then it's been a, you know, um, not not not. Yeah, he hasn't scored many big runs. W- yeah. What do you think? Obviously, then South Africa comes out with a plan, um, of how to tackle Steve Smith. Yeah. Um, and now you got Manus into that fold as well. How do you think? You know, from a South African point of view, if you were a South African bowling coach, yeah. how would you think, yeah, would, yeah. would you approach this um, Steve Smith thing? Because uh, Charles Langevelt, the bowling coach, actually came out and said the first 20 balls are going to be crucial to South Africa's plans to Steve Smith. So I think the key with South Africa, what they do really well to him is they make him play a lot in his first 20 deliveries. Yeah. Um, you know, and they've looked, they've got a great uh, combination of pace and skill and they make the guy play. Uh, very, very often, and at good pace. So, I think what that's what they'll do. Um, I think they'll mix that in with uh, the short ball used uh, as a surprise element, and then you know really work him over around that off stump. So it'll be a very fa- fascinating battle. I'm looking forward to this series because the South African bowling is fantastic, um, yeah. and uh, it's going to be a good test for the Australian lineup against these guys. That's for sure. Big, big step yeah. up from West Indies. Yep, and a massive game for Australia as well. Um, back to back to Gabba. Um, yeah, you know, the the, for, the fortress for the last one year. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah. probably the the era of of um fortress starts again. Maybe um, you never know. Yeah. Um, but I think matches the... matches during the COVID period we don't count them. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I see. So, so what about the twenty 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 one World Cup? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, very good. Um, very good. Interesting. Um, but yeah, certainly. Look, if you if you um were to pick one player of the series from Australian side and one player of the series from a South African side, um, which two names would you pick? Player of the series for South Africa, maybe uh, Anrik Nokia. Yep, nice uh, choice. I like him. He's going to enjoy bowling in these conditions. He's proper wheels, and yeah, it could be someone like even I don't know Marco Jensen if he plays. He's he could offer value with the bat as well. Yep. Uh, but I go Anrik Nokia, Australia. It's a hard one because there's a lot of candidates. Um, I reckon Steve Smith's in for a big one. Guess much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Also thinking uh, Pat Cummins. Uh, I reckon those two, the captain, vice captain, are the two leading contenders. What do you think? It's a good question. 
Well, for, from an Australian point of view, I'll, I'll go Marnus. Um, yeah. Again, three him too. test matches on home soil. Um, hard to miss for Marnus. And then for but from a South what African I will say about Marnus is uh, he has struggled a bit against high pace. So you think yeah. about Mark Wood last year, troubled Marnus a bit. Yep. And then even Alzari Joseph at times gave Manus some 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 uh, stern challenge in that in that West Indies series. So that's the question I've got about Manus in this series. So I've got a lot of yep. pace in their attack. Yeah. Um, well, from a South African point of view, I'll go Rabada. Um, yeah, fair he's, enough. He's, yeah, he's, up, he's, he's, up, he's long due for a really good Test series, and um, yeah, I think I think he loves Australian team. Uh, loves playing against them. Loves bowling in Australia, so um, it'll be a big one for High him. High-class, world-class test bowler. I, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I'll go one, uh, it'll be probably a South African bowler if if I'm, you know, if I'm thinking of a player of the series for South Africa. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think the series scoreline will be? I'll go 1-1 one, one, um, with the with one drawn test match. Um, I'll go Gabba, Australia. I'll go Melbourne draw. And then Sydney, South Africa, um, nice, which will be which will be interesting. Nice. I think I'll go two one Australia. I think I think both sides uh, got good enough pace attacks, particularly if the, if the weather's kind in all three tests to see a result. I think Australia's batting has probably got more runs in them. Yep. So look at South Africa's probably long tail as a factor as well. I think they probably have. Uh, Jansen or Maharaj batting at seven typically. Mm. I've got to look at the, I've got to look at their squad in more detail, but but I think that's what they typically do. Uh, they've got a bit of a long tail. That could be a factor. So I go Australia with with the runs, but it could be a really good series. I hope to see it. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, it's been a long time for Australia since they've beaten South Africa here at home. So yeah, <laughs> got to do looking it. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, more Test cricket this week. Tomorrow, actually, your India. Uh, in Bangladesh, um, just just quickly before we touch on uh, touch on the Test series, what about that innings from Ishan Kishan in the third one day? It was something. Oh, it was um, it was something. Um, you know, he he got the he got the opportunity and just grabbed it with both hands, both legs. He pretty much hugged the opportunity really tight and you know mm. played played a played an innings of his lifetime and so even I until... could, even I couldn't jinx him because I said when he was 110 or 120 that the double century is on here. He was just going at it and uh yep. he got tell there. you what when it's meant to be it's meant to be. I didn't even um, I didn't even jinx him. That's how good it was. Yeah. Yeah absolutely but um <laughs> also really you know, it's it's he's done the hard yards and it was a really good innings, which actually makes it a lot more interesting now with the selections for the next few one days and even the World Cup squad because you know Very you got Shikadawan obviously yeah. who is not in form. You got Shubman Gill, um, who's certainly the future of opening um in, in white ball cricket. And then you got Ishan Kishan here, who's just played a blinder and then um So what would you do? It'll be really interesting. What would I'll, you do? Would you persist look, with Shikha Darwin for the next year's World Cup, or do you think England absolutely go for... look absolutely not? Um, you know, you I think Shikha Darwin's no, I think Shikha Darwin's time is up. Um, unless he really plays a few good innings and changes the way he approaches the innings at the top, um, I don't think he he fits into that um, Indian squad anymore. I will I will look to open with 
try and open with Shubman Gill um, at some stage, along with Roy Sharma. Um, and Kevin, Wouldn't you go you know, with uh, Prithvi Shaw or Ishan Kishan? Shubman Gill's um, been brilliant, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but... and that's the reason. I think I'll, I'll, yeah, Ishan Kishan played a really good innings, but I think, you know, Shubman Gill's been doing that for a, for a few few games and um you know yeah um, he certainly earned that position so yeah it'll be really interesting to see what happens if Roy Chama's not in form um mm. you know which he hasn't had the best is a top of three of Rohit Shika Virat gonna win your World Cup they're all magnificent mm, definitely players. no they're all magnificent I will say players, if, if you um, replace if you replace um Shika with Shubman Gill, then that certainly changes the dynamic at the top. Um, only because you know, um, both of them, all you know, Rohit and Shubman can accelerate um, when needed, and can accelerate and play a fastenings from the top. If 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 you have to go, you know, it, it's certainly a good headache to have for the Indian management because now mm. they've got Prithvi Shaw, they've got Shubman Gill, and they've got Ishan Kishan to replace two spots, um, and all three of them can play a you know, fast innings. Correct, they can. Um, but, of how a but, white ball should be played. But, but my question is, does the Indian management uh, have the guts to make the call before next year's World Cup? No comments. No comments. So, yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. You can We, we can sit here and say, oh, these guys are talented, but what decision are you going to make? Because I think it's a huge decision. Yeah, but I, I don't think Shikadawan will be back now in the one-day squad, to be honest. Um, you don't think they'll pick him? Uh, I think we have seen the last of him. Um, if they pick him, I think I think um, differently. I think they will pick him. Just just knowing how the Indian selectors work, they're going to stick with something that's been tried, and they'll back him. He's got a good record in ICC tournaments, uh, and they'll all back yeah, him. That's what that's what I reckon. It's be, just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be really d- interesting to see how it goes. But yeah, I, I don't think he should be there anymore. Um, I think he's done his done his time in in white ball cricket and in red ball cricket. I think his um. Yeah, he has been really great for India. Not, not, you know, nothing. I'm not taking away anything from him. He's been really great. But at some stage, you have to move on and you know look at the look at the future. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the question, yeah, as I said, it's going to be when do India do that? So we'll see what happens there. But but um, so I, I put a tweet out, um, sort of like in the, in those dead rubber games or in the games that don't count for anything. And in a sense, India sort of turn it on. But it's when the pressure's on and something's up for grabs. It's almost like they go into their shells and they, yeah, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to take a risk or anything like that. And I think that sort of approach is not going to win you tournaments. Yeah. You've got to go out there and back Absolutely. yourself. Um, Absolutely. Speaking of backing yourself, the Indian women's team did it brilliantly against Australia. Before we talk about that game or that series so far, which has been thrilling, we'll talk about the the Test match, um, the Test series for India. Nothing less than 2-0 uh, for, yeah. for India, I think, in Bangladesh, especially when you consider what's up for grabs with the World Test Championship. Yeah. Um, and, know, two, and, and the form nil. and the squad and the form and the squad that yeah. India has, has been for the last few years, I think yeah. it's, you know, it's it's an, yeah. for me, it's a no-brainer, but as, as it goes with the Indian team, you never know what happens. Um, you never know, but, but I, I think, think, um, I think that would apply more one. in a white ball game, I think, than in, in this Test match. Yeah. Um, Bangladesh is always a team that can spring uh, a surprise on you in test, you know, yep. test cricket because the thing with Bangladesh this year, they won in New Zealand the the, the New Year's test that started on New Year's Day. It was the perfect start to the year. They won in New Zealand. 
Um, but then they've been absolutely shocking in Test cricket since then. So expecting you to win. I'll I'll predict Virat Kohli to score a double hundred in one of the Test matches. Um, it's not beyond it. Not beyond. Not yeah. not beyond the the realms of possibility. Depends what the top three does. To be honest, the top three plunder runs. There might not be enough time. But yeah, yeah it'll be a, a big test for Bangladesh. I think their seam bowling is improving, but but, but to sustain it over a long period in Test cricket is going to be the big question. So you expect India with their the experience in their spin attack, the quality in their seam attack, and the quality in the batting, they should win 2-0. If they don't, it'll be a massive blow for them. Um, so we'll see what happens there. As I said, speaking of uh, of uh, taking risks and, and going for it, the Indian women's team did that in the second match against Australia. In, uh, in that women's T20 series, Australia lost their first game of the year. And it came in December in a super over. What a terrific game. 45,000 people in there. Just a great day for women's cricket. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Indian the Indian public has, has really shown BCCI what the women's game can is potential. Um, what what its potential is and what yep. what um and certainly the Indian women's team have shown that as well. Um, you know, with new players coming in and and you know performing against the the probably the strongest team cricket has ever seen men or women so um you know it's been it's been really great to watch the crowds go to the to go to the games and fill up stadiums and it'll be it'll be fun to watch the remaining three games of the of the series as well although i think Australia, india will have a really big task on their hands it'll be interesting uh because i think if india can take it um take the series down to the final game, sort of to all or something like that. Can you imagine the crowd uh, getting behind the team and the country getting behind the team? That'd be fantastic for India. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so far this series, it's been, it's been the chasing side that's reigned supreme typically around this time of year in India, there's probably some due and all that sort of stuff. So that could be crucial in the remaining games, but the quality of cricket's been brilliant. Quick shout out to Talia McGrath. It's got 485 runs in 10 T20 international innings at an average of 121.25, a strike rate of 149.69, four fifties in that. And becomes the number one, number one. And she's better. She's she's at the number one now, so very well deserved. And uh, that's uh, and she's also got 12 wickets at an average of 13.66 with an economy of seven and a strike rate of 11. So. When you talk about the next Elise Perry that's come through, here she is. Yeah, absolutely. It'll what? be really interesting to see yeah. um, how, how she goes in the, um, you know, in the in the World Cup next yeah, year. Yeah, just magnificent from an Australian perspective. And I'm also always got time for Beth Mooney. I've always seen her as the best batter in the team uh, for, for for quite a long time. You know, a lot was made of Elisa Healy and Elise Perry and all that, but they're as talented as they are. It's always been Beth Mooney who's so consistent and reliable there at the top um and she's just outstanding always producing um i think averaging around 40 in the t20 internationals if uh if my memory serves me right so you know if india can win this series it's just gonna it's, it could be that turning point that says yes we can go to the next level with an with an ipl coming up as well in march so um yeah, it'll be, it'll be a times. really fun. It'll be a really fun series um, over the next three matches. But it'll be what what it'll what it'll do is it will set the tone for the women's IPL perfectly. Exactly. Um, yes. 
and and with the, with it'll get the crowds hyped up and i think i saw a tweet somewhere um on on twitter the other day that it it's probably time for a full um season of women's cricket in india um and i think that will that is what ipl will do for for next couple of years as well it will happen it will happen down the line particularly you know the first season goes bonkers and and all that sort of stuff and continues to grow then you're going to see a you know full season of IPL kind of thing and then some more women's cricket as well throughout the year as well because you get better women's uh, cricketers in terms of uh, you know they're always improving due to opportunities to play and opportunities to train and prepare you're going to get a better product and with a yep. better product becomes more viewership and more viewership becomes more revenue etc 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 so you've got to start from somewhere um, it's not just going to sit yeah, the riches don't come to you on your doorstep just like that. You've got to work yeah, it and set the groundwork that's first. True. Uh, so said. yeah, so if they, the, the BCCI have got a, a massive opportunity there that you know if they want to pursue it properly, they're going to get a lot out of it, um, and the women's yep. game will, will will really flourish because of it. Yep, absolutely. All right, Charbel, um, it's been a pleasure doing this again. A lot of red ball cricket going around um first class yeah. um domestic competition started in india as well um and our, our um, one in australia has taken a pause big bash has started yep sydney yep. thunder um, in trouble absolutely <laughs> um <laughs> it's not we, good. We, we'll we'll do a quick highlight of the big bash and what's happening in the big yeah, bash yeah, yeah. Um, next week and um looking forward to discussing the the test matches um the south africa one the south africa australia pakistan england last one and the india bangladesh as well with with some more um results from the T20 series from Australia and India as well it will be a really good yes good summer of cricket for us in, here in Australia and it will be really good summer of um you know good season of cricket for for cricket fans all around the world with the red ball cricket really kicking off now and and things ramping up for that world test championship final um in may in England. Australia, um, i hope australia get there <laughs> Yeah, I think I think they will. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm not calling it early, but maybe at the things as things stand now, I think they might. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a real pleasure doing this again, and thank you to Thanks, all man. our listeners, and thank you to Shabel as well, who's my co-host, and hope you keep listening and hope you keep um, putting your thoughts on um, what you think about the cricket world, cricket all around the world. Um, thank you so much.